We are talking about life hacks this summer, wisdom that works. And we've talked about what life hacks are, you know, those, those, just those simple little, um, almost like tricks, uh, simple little things that you can do that, that uh, maybe creative little things that make life easier. And we've talked about two or three of them each Sunday. I, I, you may remember that I went on Facebook and said, hey, I'm about to preach a series on life hacks. You all share with me your best life hacks. And I've been sharing with you some of those that I received. One of my favorite is, uh, you know, I love, I love to go sleep in a hotel because they have those big, heavy curtains that, that close, and then it really is dark, and so you can sleep you know, seven or eight or nine or 10 and the sun doesn't come in and wake you up. Uh, I love those really dark curtains. But have you noticed that uh, those, those kind of became famous or um, kind of became popular, I don't know, about 15, 20 years ago. Well, now they've been hanging long enough. They don't always close correctly. You see that a lot in the hotels. They don't really come together and close quite right. Well, one of the life hacks that I saw on, on my Facebook post was genius. You go to the closet, and in the hotel closet, they usually have those hangers that have clips on the hanger so that you can hang the pants on those clips. If you're lucky enough to have that kind of hanger, take that hanger from the closet and go to the curtain and use those clips to close those curtains, and it'll stay nice and dark all night. That's brilliant. I love it. That's kind of the thing that Solomon and the other writers of Proverbs do for us. They show us certain life hacks. If, if you'll think about life in this way, life will be more meaningful, perhaps even easier. You can live more effectively. And so we're spending the summer looking at the book of Proverbs, learning those biblical life hacks. And last week, we started words to the wise, and that's kind of a play on words in a way because um, we, we call it words to the wise, meaning that it's advice. You know, somebody says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you uh, words to the wise, and if you're wise enough, you'll listen. It's, it, it means that it's advice. But I also want to kind of put a comma in there and read that same phrase a little differently. Not only is it words to the wise, but it is words to the wise. In other words, how do wise people understand words? And we started that last week. You may remember, um, you know, I, I'm kind of a TV person, and I, I, love the, uh, I love the episodes where there's too much to tell in one episode, so you got to watch two or three, you know. And when you tune in to the second week, they say, previously on our show, and to give you those, those quick little ones, let me do that for you real quick. Previously in this message, last Sunday, we talked about these three things. We talked about the power of words. And so we said the first thing we want to do, as we learned in the, in, in the Proverbs, the first thing we want to do is recognize the power of words. We looked at, um, we looked at Proverbs chapter 18 at verse 21. And that's a good place for us to jump off again this morning in Proverbs 18 and 21, where Solomon tells his son 
some of the most important things you want to know about words. And he says in 1821, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat, eat its fruits. Death and, and life are in the power of the tongue. You can say the right thing at the right time and set someone's life on the right course. That word of encouragement may be all they needed to get started in the right direction. In the same way, you can say the wrong thing at the wrong time or with the wrong tone or with the wrong motivation. And you can get someone completely sidetracked from the life they were intended to lead. There is the power of life and death, even in our words. And so we, we talked about how we want to recognize the power of words. And then we talked about, because there is so much power in words, the second thing we talked about was that we want to use your words carefully. Because they are so powerful, use them carefully. And throughout the Proverbs, we saw some examples of how our words want to be, we want to be careful with our words. Just like we talked with the kids just a few moments ago, once it's out there, you can't really take it back. You can't really erase it. You can't really undo it. You can apologize for it. You can make up for it. Uh, you, you can, you can uh, try to regain trust and all of that. But you can't really unsay something that's said. And so we want to be careful to begin with. Then we talked about, as we looked through uh, a variety of different Proverbs, we talked about that it's also important to know when to be quiet. It's, we have to be careful with our words, but we also want to be careful with silence. Sometimes the wisest thing you can say is nothing. Sometimes it's best just to listen, just to be quiet and not say a word. Well, in continuing then in that, in that uh, line of thought, I want us to, to continue to look at the Proverbs concerning our words. And again, we're just scratching the surface of what Proverbs has to teach about what we say. But I do want us to continue, and this morning I want us to pick up at number four, learn to control your tongue. Learn to control your tongue. Did you know that you're supposed to have control over it instead of it having control over you? You're supposed to be able to tell it what to do. And so often we let it do our thinking first, and then we spend all of our time trying to fix the problems that it caused. When in reality, we want to learn to control it from the beginning. Proverbs chapter 13 at verse 3 says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Now look at that. If you can learn to control your tongue, you are protecting your life. You are, you are making sure that your life remains what it's supposed to be, headed in the direction it's supposed to be headed in, that you're able to live a happy, full life. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. How many of you ever said something you, and immediately wished you hadn't said it? As soon as the words came out, you thought, oh, my goodness. Either that's not what I meant, or I shouldn't have done it in that way, or at that time. 
He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. And so instead, we want to put that guard over our mouths. We, we want to learn to preserve life, to be careful. A young man once came to the great philosopher Socrates, and he asked Socrates to teach him the art of oration, which is speaking. Teach me, uh, basically public speaking. And as soon as the young man was introduced to Socrates, he began to talk. Never gave Socrates a chance to reply. Finally, Socrates spoke up, and when he could get a word in, he said, Young man, I'm going to have to charge you a double fee. And the young man said, Why? Why would you charge me a double fee? And Socrates said, I'm going to have to teach you two lessons. First, how to hold your tongue, and then how to use it. And Socrates may have the order correct. I think first we have to learn how to control our tongue, how to hold it, and then we can learn how to use it. Proverbs 21 and 23 says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Man, wouldn't it be great to live life without getting in trouble? And I'm not talking about the bad things that happen. I'm talking about the trouble we bring on our own selves. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. We want to learn to control what we say. In World War II, there was a saying that became famous, and we still use it today, although it kind of has lost some of its original meaning. But in World War II, we were told, loose lips do what? Sink ships. In other words, we don't want to tell our secrets to our enemies. We talk too much about where our ships are. They're going to be able to find them and they're going to, they're going to get us. So we don't talk about those things. There are certain things that need not be said. Loose lips sink ships is still true even though we don't live in the World War II era. It's still true that when we're careless we wind up getting in or causing trouble. Proverbs 15 and 28 puts it this way. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. You ever, you ever realize that you talk before you think, and then when the thinking starts, it's too late? Look, he says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. You think first. Ponder on it for a moment. Think about it before you say something. The mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. You know, when you go to the doctor, one of the first things they do is just a checkup, you know, regular check. Maybe, they're, maybe you're sick. They've got to figure out what's wrong. You know, they, they look in your ears. They listen to your heart. One of the first things they do is they say, stick out your tongue and say, ah, right? They're going to look in your mouth to diagnose your health. Spiritually speaking, we can do the same thing. By examining what's happening in our mouths, we can 
diagnose, is my heart right? The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked just pours out evil things. I thought about something the other day when we went to Elkhorn. It's just, a, just an observation. There was a group of people that sat next to us. And the lady, uh, the lady ordered a sweet margarita. I don't even know what that is. The waitress said, we don't, it's not a sweet drink, it's a sour drink. And so the lady said, well, just bring me water. The waitress left, and the lady said to her table, that's the stupidest waitress I've ever met. And the longer I sat, the more complaints I heard, the more... And then they brought the food. And you know what that table did? The food's here. It's time for us to pray. And I thought, man, how can good words and bad words come out of the same mouth? How does sweet water and salt water come out of the same fountain? Something's wrong when you and I can say whatever we want to say, however we want to say it, don't care who we hurt or how it comes across. And then we think of ourselves as spiritual people. There's something wrong. So the writer of Proverbs says, you can, you can diagnose, you can evaluate your spiritual health by paying attention to what you say. You learn to control your tongue. Puts you in a place of health and strength. James in the New Testament. It's, it's interesting, by the way, how James in the New Testament parallels the book of Proverbs in the Old. You really want a fun study? Sit down and play with those two books side by side. It's amazing. But James in chapter 1 says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Wow. And that's straight out of Scripture. If you think that you're right with God, but you are constantly talking bad about God's creation and his people, something's not connecting. We learn to control our tongue. And the next thing we learn from the book of Proverbs, again, just scratching the surface, but the next thing we can learn from the book of Proverbs about our speech is don't hesitate to listen. Don't hesitate to listen. We've been talking about talking. <laughs> and as you know, a big part of communication is not talking, but listening. And so as we learn to control our tongue, sometimes we're able to tell the tongue, stop for a second. Ears, y'all take over for a little while. Proverbs chapter 18 at verse 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. What is folly? Foolishness. Someone who gives an answer before he hears is acting like a big dummy. And shame on him. We need to learn to listen. 
we, we have to slow down long enough to have an interaction and a conversation and to process what we're hearing, to think about it first. Again, look at the parallels between Proverbs and James. In James chapter 1 at verse 19, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. The last two phrases, by the way, kind of go together. When we learn to be quick to hear, then we will be slow to speak, and that also will slow down our anger. Don't hesitate to listen. He says, be quick to hear. Don't hesitate. So this morning, I want us to, to think about the life hacks that the wise one in Scripture gave us. We want to be careful with our tongue. We, we want to understand the power of our words. We want to learn to control it. And we want to, we want to be sure that we don't hesitate to listen. We can learn from the Proverbs. And we can also learn from David, believe it or not. Psalm 141 at verse 3, is the perfect prayer to end this message. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. If you're one of those that likes to highlight in your Bible or underline it, I'd encourage you to highlight that one. That's a pretty good one. Matter of fact, some of you need to take out that lipstick and write it across the mirror in the bathroom. So every morning, set a guard, O oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard, O oh Lord. Set a guard, O oh Lord. It's almost saying, I can't. I, I keep messing it up every time I try to do it. I can't do it. So there's a prayer. Oh, Lord, would you set a guard over my mouth? Would you, would you help me with this control issue that I've got right here? Keep a watch over the door of my lips. That keep a watch, that's, that's talking about a sentry, a guard, if you will. You got the gate to the city, and that, that the, the city is surrounded by a wall. And the only way in and out of that city is through this gate. And so you set a sentry there, a guard. And that guard watches that door, that gate. So only the people who should come in are allowed in. And only those who have authority to leave are allowed to leave. And now we're praying, God, would you be the sentry over my lips? Would you guard the doorway to my heart and to my life and make sure that only the things that have authority to come out are what comes out. And Lord, help me to listen so that the things with authority to come in, come in. I challenge you this week to memorize this verse. I gave you one three or four weeks ago and I know you've got that one down now. You've got that one down cold, right? When I'm afraid, I will what? I will trust in you. That's it. You got that one. Now let's work on this one. I challenge you this week to memorize this verse. 
Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And as you learn it, I challenge you to pray it and mean it on a regular basis.